Welcome to the Tech in Shanghai podcast, the Pearl of the Orient. Shanghai is the city of the future. All systems go full steam ahead. It never stops. Technology, innovation, ambition. It's everywhere. Join us as we explore this new world and talk to the people making it happen. The Tech in Shanghai podcast. The future is now. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Tech in Shanghai podcast, the podcast dedicated to the people of the Shanghai startup scene.、Uh, today we have、uh, one very special guest and one returning guest slash co-host.、Uh, we've got Tony Gu、uh, of Drink Entrepreneurs.、Uh, Tony was on a few weeks ago talking to us about、uh, you know the startup community here and, and the startup scene. So Tony, thanks for、uh, for coming back and.、Uh, Helping me co-host this show, and in fact, you are the one that arranged our guest today. So why don't you do the intro and let everybody know、uh, about our special guest? Hey everyone, thanks、uh, for having me, John.、Uh, today we have guest、uh, Bob.、Uh, Bob is a good friend of mine. We know each other for years. When I was, you know,、uh, heavily involved、uh, uh, tech into, you know, we have, you know, weekly meeting、uh, in his places. He actually,、uh, I think, he single-handed start,、uh, you know, co-working space kind of movement in Shanghai.、Uh, I still remember the first one、uh, in Huashanlu. That's、yes. the first one, and、uh, now it's like you're working, you know, your fourth or fifth co-working spaces. Yes, yes. So why don't you give us a little introduction about,、uh, you know, what you have done and、uh, yeah, how is the process now? Right. Okay. Yeah.、Uh, thanks, Tony. Uh, thanks, uh, John, for inviting. Uh, uh, hi everyone. My name is Bob,、uh, and I'm the CEO co-founder、uh, for People Squared.、Uh, so People Squared is a co-working space in.、Uh, before we were saying Shanghai, but now we will say、uh, now we are in China.、Uh, we just opened our、uh, fifth co-working space in Shanghai,、um, uh, in the heart of Jing'an,、uh, and also we. We opened、uh, our first、uh, Beijing office. Not too many people know,、um, but uh, uh, also in the city center location of Beijing. So now we are in two cities. Very excited. Nice.、Yeah. So,、uh, Bob, before we get going on all this, I think everyone's interested in knowing, you know, because we actually my first introduction to you was at the China Accelerator Demo Day. Yes. Which is actually where I bumped into Tony again after a long time. And、uh, you were asked to come up on stage and, and give a little、uh, rundown because China Accelerator is based out of one of your spaces, right? Yes, in Lighthouse. Right. So,、uh, and you gave a bit of history, and I found it fascinating. And correct me if I'm wrong. You started in 2010. Yes. And now you're up. You're. You just mentioned you're opening your fifth co-working space.、Yes. So, on the show a lot, we we talk with people about、uh, the the scene here. You know how it's growing, how it's developing, how conducive it is to startups and, and things of that nature. You have a very、uh, unique position to to provide insight into this because you are part of the the infrastructure that allows the startups to actually exist here, and certainly a big part of the support. So, before we get into all the different details about that kind of stuff, can you tell us how and why you got involved in in this business,、mm-hmm. what you saw, and and why you were so interested by it? Of course,、uh, we always tell people the story that.、Um, For People Squared, it's a little bit by accident.、Uh, we didn't intentionally to try to start a co-working space.、Uh, our first space in Huashanlu that、right. was actually my old office.、Um, when when I finished my first startup, when I was doing uh, uh, language uh, education,、mm-hmm. um, and 
we were very lucky to sold out our product. Um, and you uh, mean you sold the company? Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and ever after that, we just have an empty, nicely renovated office. And uh, I had my break, and uh, we were trying to see what uh, we can do just with this uh, little space mm-hmm. over there. Um, and uh, uh, one of my friends introduced our first team, um, uh, Uptake. Uh, that was a company uh, acquired by Groupon uh, in 2011, but before they were actually based in uh, our office. Okay. So th- those folks comes in, and uh, we just started sharing our office just to cover our rent. Right. And uh, later on, we have a few friends coming in, joining us, and uh, uh, pretty soon we have five five team uh, just uh, located in Huashan Lu. It was very crowded. Right. Uh, sometimes I just couldn't even believe that uh, so many people were were crowded in one one place where some were were taking meetings, others are are receiving their guests in just the same room. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very nice. Uh, and we learned a lot from the teams. So, uh, and pretty soon, some of the team they start to grow, and uh, we were we would be so regret to to see if we lose some of the teams. So we decided, okay, why don't we try something and bring this idea forward? Um, and that's how we started uh, this uh, so, as a business. Yeah. So basically, you pivot your business. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. But it's interesting because it wasn't. Uh, so much intentional, right? You were no. just you you were found yourself in a situation where you had the available space, and because for for financial reasons, you were like, well, it doesn't make sense for this to sit here empty. That's right. And basically, what you discovered, I guess, through doing that, is that the market was a lot more vibrant than you had expected, right? Yeah. So that was the first space, and, and a number of different companies came in. At what point did you decide, holy shit, there's there's you know there's probably a decent business here, and there's certainly demand in the market. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So basically, ever since our second space, because it's much bigger than the first one, uh, we have a need to fill the space because we are paying rent for that, of right, course, right. right? But before, it's almost like everyone, teams coming in, and uh, they just name the price. We didn't really matter as long as we can cover our rent, right? right. But since we got a bigger space and we're trying to go a bit commercial on that, so we have to d- come up with a pricing with some rules, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, that's that's some, when we, we think, okay, maybe it's something we should do. And then we get ideas that, okay, in U.S., this is very popular, a co-working space, mm-hmm. right? We first try to call it a coffee, coffee with office, but my just my personal, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I can't tell the difference between Starbucks and Tim Hortons or anything, right? right. So... Um, Tim, Hor- Tim Horton's showing your roots there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Most people won't get that reference. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, um, but um, so uh, that's that's why <clears throat> that's why um, uh, we said okay, let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when when our second space gets really full, and we said okay, maybe there's a good demand in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see a lot of teams; they are so good, and uh, um, and we will be so meaningful right just uh, to stay with those teams and learn a lot from them and uh, also for myself because of my background we have friends with investors um, and it kind of makes sense for us to 
not only provide space as a service, but also bring our network right. uh, to the to the folks inside the space. Right. Yeah. And how long did it take you? You know, as this, what, what's the timeline here between? You mentioned the second space, and you mentioned that it filled up rather quickly. Yeah. How, what kind of time frame are we looking at here? Um, okay, I, I couldn't really remember for the second space. Um, but we, we started the second space in 2012. Mm-hmm. As you see, there's like a two-year, almost less than two-year gap in there uh-huh. um, between our first and second. Uh, then uh, um, then for the second one, we started the third one in 2013, uh, September. Uh, so it's about a year, but we were constantly looking for a good space mm-hmm. that can fit our need. Um, and... Uh, for Lighthouse, which is, which is our search space, we started the space in September. And uh, in the middle of October, all the space is gone. Um, and uh, we wow. actually find, find out it's much easier for our search space compared to the first one and second one. Yeah. Because now people start to understand uh, the concept of uh, doing co-working. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to expand that that much. And people come in and they know okay, they will have a shared space with others where they have shared utilities. Before we have to explain a lot, people come in and say, okay, although I know your space is shared, could we get some kind of separator in between so that we can get a a privacy privacy or something, right? Mm. But now it just works so well. And the tenants that are coming to you, I presume a lot of them are are foreigners, right? Uh, our local, actually. Really? Yeah. So we have uh, about 70% of the local teams. Oh, okay. Yeah. And 30%. Because uh, I was going to ask, obviously, I mean, it applies to locals as well, but more so to foreigners, where if they come here and they want to <clears throat> get involved in a startup of some kind, obviously there's a lot of considerations that are just kind of a pain in the ass, like, mm-hmm. you know, your visas and your rents and your this and your that and contracts and all that stuff. Is one of the benefits of working in a co-working space <clears throat> excuse me, aside from having all that atmosphere of innovation and work and energy is part of the benefit that you guys streamline and take care of a lot of the nitty gritty, annoying setup stuff and they can just move themselves in and start working. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea is for the teams when they come over, they can do a plug in and play. Right. Mm. Um, and uh, imagine you, you try to start a, a company uh, you probably want to focus a, a lot on the product, but what's pushing you away is all those tedious, like, unnecessary work. Right. But, I say quotation unnecessary, right? But you have to do them. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost kills you, uh, like, a enthusiastic, right? After just uh, one month of company registration, like, everything... Uh, we try to bring that over, um, bring helps to the teams. Um, and uh, But we we very soon realized we can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Right? N- never for any incubators they can do anything, as we are not even an incubator. Right. Right? So what we find will be very useful is because we have so many teams that are doing different stuff in, in our space, and now we're getting more and more teams. So... Uh, now we have uh, a team inside our space that, that covers all the uh, human HR resource recruiting for teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a law firm um, located in our space that are providing law, law issues, right? Um, and so now we can cover t- teams like uh, social insurance for their employee, wow. um, law um, 
uh, HR, right? Which makes your value proposition all the more compelling because if you're a team that's in that space and you're like, well, what the hell do I do with legal? What the hell do I do with that? You just go next door and speak, speak with someone and they can, they can really yeah. put you on yeah. the right track. And, and imagine what happened to those teams that are providing the works because they're a startup team, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes their product is not perfect. They need to find their first batch of users mm -hmm. who can provide constant feedbacks to say, okay, I think this product can be better. Right. Never better than a user sitting beside you sure. and uh, tell you, okay, what I want, right? Right. Yeah. Now, how do you, um, do you get inspiration or ideas from the various co-working spaces in the U.S. and Europe and other parts of the world? Do you look at what they do and you say, oh, yeah, I'd like to integrate that or I'd like to try that? Like, how much do you look at other models and integrate them into yours? It's, it's a very, very interesting uh, question. Uh, my typical way of doing things is I want to figure out things from myself and then look back to compare what we're doing with other uh, maybe European or U.S. Uh, space. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we just uh, get feedbacks from teams that are moving from U.S., right? So they come in and said, okay, I feel this space just like the ones in U.S. And mm -hmm. then instantly we know we're doing some things that are right. right. Um, we realize we're, doing a, we're providing a, a lot of uh, services to the local startup teams. Mm -hmm. um, it would be unwise just to blindly copy whatever people are doing in U.S. Sure. Um, the pricing model, um, like the 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 fulfill the needs for the teams, right? It's, it will be all different. Right. Yeah. So we pretty much just uh, thinking, observe uh, from from the teams and get our conclusion on what we should provide. Mm. Uh, it seems to me that uh, uh, I think you guys sort of create a micro ecosystem yeah. for startups, right? So that's, as John said, you know, it's more value added for, you know, startup because, you know, you know, you know, if if it's not their core business, it can outsource to you guys. That's right. So yeah, yeah I think it's great. What's uh, jumping ahead a bit, but what's really interesting in your current situation is that again, we we had the guys from China Accelerator on a few weeks ago, and obviously they're a big tenant for you guys. Pro yes. Probably taking up thirty percent. Yeah, of, one third of the lighthouse. Right. So, but. Because, like you said earlier, you're not an incubator or an accelerator, though you are adding different services that make the transition and that period of a startup's life easier. But it must be uh, in interesting and beneficial for you and for the other tenants to have an accelerator program in the co-working space because the accelerator program does attempt to do those extra things for the different companies involved. And if you're in the same space or within the same organization, you know, whether it's at a different space at one of People Squared's locations in Shanghai, you become a part of that network and you could probably pretty easily bounce some questions off those guys and say, hey, I'm looking for some legal rep or I'm looking uh, for some investors. Where's, how's your network or whatever the case may be, or even the other teams within that accelerator. Has that uh, they came on board in 2013, is that right? Yes, last year. How, how has that impacted your, your business? Um, I mean, we, we always kind of, in my mind, pictured to, to work with uh, some accelerator uh, mm -hmm. because it's just a, a, so, such a natural fit. Mm -hmm. um, so in 2013, uh, I called uh, Todd and uh, we discussed, okay, 
Is it possible to ever bring you guys out of Dalian to Shanghai? <laughs> and he was thinking, yes, I was waiting for this phone call. Yeah. Get me out of here. So, yeah. uh, but uh, it was actually, it wasn't that easy uh, in the beginning uh-huh. um, because those guys, they had their routine Dalian for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everything was very good, right? They had uh, their benefits in Dalian and and uh, we want to provide them with a transition period uh, as smoothly as sure. possible. Uh, so we we get uh, a lot of their uh, opinion uh, when we are designing Lighthouse mm-hmm. uh, for what the space could be for China Accelerator when they moving in. Right. Right. So it's it's so it's good. There's no no surprising when those folks coming in. Right. Um, and uh, when when they come in, I think one of the best benefits is we also have a lot of investors coming in um, to visit our teams based in our, our locations. Yeah. Right? So um, it's almost uh, every time when the investors come in, um, their first stop is stop at China Accelerator because they're at the door, right. doorway, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and we we can get those uh, teams being introduced in in accelerator program, mm-hmm. and tell them what uh, uh, what they're doing. Uh, tell the investors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and get their beneficial. And I think you you also see on the on the on the demo day, uh, yeah. there there is actually a very good uh, amount of crowd of investors uh, yeah. inside of the space. It's so it's win win. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a good fit. Yeah. For for both of you, and uh, for and, sure, and I think it's a good fit for for China Accelerator to be be in Shanghai. It just seems like a more natural place. But how many uh, how many teams, like as in startup companies, and then how many people currently work under the People Squared banner? Okay, we have uh, roughly ninety teams wow. uh, at the moment yeah. uh, in the different five locations, wow. and uh, uh, this this number will increase as we finish up uh, the renovation for. Uh, uh, Hero Center, uh, which is the hackerspace. Yeah. The, yeah, the hackerspace. What's, As, hackerspace. what's the turnover rate for for teams in the in the work co working space? Um, it's normally it's it's naturally um, a seventy thirty percent, uh, where thirty percent of the team they just use us like for monthly yeah. uses, and those are mostly the teams who are using uh, the open space. Um, so ever ever since our second space from from Lighthouse, we started to have some closed, clo- individual uh, right. individual uh, offices, right? So m- a lot of the teams who are using our individual op- uh, offices, yeah, they are long term, uh, mostly signing up for a year. Okay. Yeah, so and then least. in terms of how long the average tenant stays, is it a year? Is it two years? Yeah. Like? You you know what's interesting? Uh, one year is the magic number. Um, really? Normally, after a year, you see either team get grow or fail. Yeah, or fail. Yeah. yeah. So th- there are normally two ways to get off out of uh, people squared. One is you you lie down and someone <laughs> will get you out. Right. Or or you just uh, raise your head and uh, you get a very good success. And Regardless, they make it or they don't make it, they can leave anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. Um, Lighthouse was your third space, right? Yes. In 2013. And now you're just about to open Hero, then that's your fifth space? Yes. So in not very many months, you've opened up two new spaces. I mean, is this just a result of demand you've been receiving? 
Uh, yeah. Or, or the what you expect to be the demand in the next year or so. And uh, well, t- 2014 was uh, was a really special year for us um, because we realized not only uh, the demand from the teams, but also the demand from uh, other spaces um, that were thinking of doing similar things um, to open up for startup or to open up uh, to receive more interesting teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we realized we had a lot of things learned from the past two years, um, and which we don't want to see those spaces to fail again mm-hmm. on, on all the mistakes that we have been made, right? So uh, in, two, in early 2014, uh, we released a new product called People Squared Service, uh, which we provide our uh, space service to other spaces like us. Uh, and uh, we help them to do space planning. We help them to do space renovation. Mm-hmm. We help them to do management and also output for uh, our our software and hardware. Right. Um, so, so you're not trying to, you know, compete or keep out other co-working spaces. You're no. trying to sell shovels to gold miners, basically. So, no. you know, give them the, the infrastructure and services they need to, to open those. For sure, yeah. We, we realize if we're the only one who's doing uh, co-working space in China, that's not a healthy uh, ecosystem, right? right. Uh, and uh, it's it's actually basically impossible for us to take all the spaces. And if there, there are people who want to do that, we will love to provide our help uh, just to help them get started. Are there many other? I know, or I suspect People Squared is the biggest co working space, right? With the most seats, the most desks, the most uh, locations. Are there many other co working spaces in, in Shanghai? And if so, you know, do they offer something similar or are they, they more in their infancy than, than People Squared? Sometimes it's very vague. Mm. Um, sometimes business centers. They also provide a little bit of co-working, right? Right. But I think it's the community defines what a space is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think without uh, those fantastic teams, we're just a space, sure. right? Sure. Uh, um, so I think, but building building up a community is not a one day's work, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it takes, for us, it takes a lot of time, three exactly. years, right? I remember that, uh, you know, back then, like 2013, yeah. Right, you guys have like events like pretty much every weekend. Yes. So some of the, lot of events are free, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. So every time I go there, I see a lot of crowds. So that's actually sort of help build up the you know community and the reputation. So I think that helps you know to sort of you know you know explain the popularity of your people square oh, sure. you know, yeah. brand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, events. Right. Uh, we. I, I also curated the uh, Shanghai Startup Digest uh, since uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when we started, we realized a lot of the uh, Shanghai event organizers, they were struggling for venues, event venues, right? Mm-hmm. It's either too far away um, or sometimes it's not big enough or maybe it's too expensive. So what we decided to do is we will, if if the event matches three requirements, first it has to be startup design or tech related. Mm -hmm. Second, um, it's a non-commercial event. And third, it promises it won't charge for its attendance. 
and we will provide our venues to the teams for free, and we're still doing that. That's great. And yeah, for through every uh, of the t- people squared co-working space, right? So that actually, I think, helped a lot just uh, with all the local uh, events. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and bring them together. Because in, in a place like Shanghai, and Tony's directly involved in this, obviously, and actually Steve, who we had on the, on the last show from China NetCloud, was saying that when he was in Silicon Valley in, in the late 90s, uh, in early 2000s, there was events everywhere. Like every night, you could, there was like 50 events and it, from every different industry, every different thing, and they were, yeah. you know very well attended and we were talking about how that's beginning here and it's necessary to make those connections to cross-pollinate those ideas and that sort of stuff um and but you know shanghai is becoming an increasingly expensive place and you know it doesn't really have that center where you know things are going to be going on even though lots of people are starting to do stuff so it's great that you offer that to those people that are motivated to bring people together and share ideas and, and and connect you know on on certain terms that are certainly reasonable I mean, that's, that's great. I think the more of that that we can have here, the more vibrant the community will be and the more things that will happen. Absolutely. That's awesome. So with uh, your, your, is Hero open yet now? In uh, early October. Early, oh, August. Sorry. Early, early yeah. August. Yeah. So is there anything, can you tell us a bit about that? Is there anything special you've done with Hero <laughs> that doesn't, is not included in, in other spaces? I'm sure you've made some changes. So yeah, yeah. What's, what's the big deal with Hero? So... Uh, Hero Center is the first space that we are trying to put a theme around. Right? Um, before all the spaces is, okay, if you are a tech startup, mm-hmm. if you are a freelancer, you could come over. Right. Uh, for Hero Center, it's we made a theme around for hardware uh, and makers. Right. Right? Uh, and uh, it's, it's actually not one of our specialty. Um, but uh, in, in Lighthouse, we actually we had... Uh, two really, really great teams coming out of uh, Lighthouse uh, who were doing uh, um, uh, hardware-related mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, they got a lot of attention and eyeballs. And, and, uh, and uh, to be honest, uh, uh, hardware has been a very hot topic over the past one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just see uh, an increasingly uh, demand uh, and a lot of hardware startups they come out yeah. and we realize a lot of their demands are very similar for example one of our team they often go to Xinjiajian just for their 3D printers right? Yeah. we don't have one over at any of our spaces um, so we decided okay why don't we just do something fun with hardware and uh, we we had uh, Beijing has its own uh, uh, hardware uh, hackerspace, right? Mm. Shanghai has Xinjiajian. And, but what's, what's more interesting is we decided to do that because it was uh, in a time when Xinjiajian need to face the decision of uh, making a move, right? They have to move out their uh, old WK location and they were looking for a new space. And we said, okay, it's just a perfect timing to do, a, to do the right thing. Mm. And, uh, so now Xinjiajian is uh, a, a part of the residency uh, in, over in Hero. Um, um, same as um, uh, Fab Lab. Uh, oh, so the Fab Lab and Xinjiajian, uh, the space that they have now is belong to you guys? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so they're residents in, uh, in our new space. I right? see. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. How yeah. big is the new space? It's about uh, 1,500 square meters. And how many table desks will it have? We are targeting to host about three, 30, 30 teams. 
teams. Yeah, 30 wow. teams in there. That's uh, great. Yeah, and one of the largest team we had in there is about 50 people. Right. Uh, so, do you guys, uh, in terms of how you take payment, do you ever take equity positions, or is it just people pay by the month for their desks and, and that's it? We try not to take equities, right? Yeah. And uh, that's that's because we realize. Um, you try not to, or you don't. We don't. Okay. Yeah, we don't because a lot. <laughs> like of I try not to, but yeah. I do. So yeah, <laughs> but, but but because a lot of teams they come to us and they ask the question, right? Um, so one thing is because we stay with the teams um, very closely mm. to each other. And once you have a chunk of their equities, your attitude towards that changes. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, Favoritism and stuff right? like that. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you provide like just friendly advice mm. of from your past experience or what you think the investors will be thinking. Right. 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 If you're directly involved with the teams, sometimes you work things differently, mm. whether you realize or not. True. Right? Might not yeah. be fair to other no. teams. No, right. not yeah. at all. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's, that's actually become one good thing. If the team, they really need uh, help uh, to get a startup advice, we will recommend them to go to China Accelerator. Right. right? right. Uh, because if you really need, that's the right place to go. Sure, yeah. yeah. And with you, so Beijing is going to be location six, right? Yes. When's that opening up? It's Beijing is actually location five if you just can't buy the orders. But okay, yeah, so it's open already. It's open already. And how uh, big is that one? That that is actually a smaller one. Right. Uh, yeah. So that one we return to uh, three hundred square meters. Okay. Um, but the Beijing one is actually also a very interesting case. Um. We that space was actually belonged to one of my friend, uh, and we went. She was doing a, a, a painting class, uh, but as you can could imagine, can be hard. Beijing's rent is very high. Crazy, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and she they're they're in a very good location in Dawanglu, just near the metro, uh-huh. uh, five minutes walk. And we went to their space. We just loved it. And she said. Oh, could you thinking about anything to help out of, of uh, our space? Because you are the master for that. We said, I said, I don't know, but I can try. Mm-hmm. So we took a few pictures of the space and uh, sent it out in uh, WeChat. We just sent it in for two groups. And I got uh, 10, 15 teams replied just in one day wow. and saying showed their interest. And we said, okay, why don't we just uh, do that then mm-hmm. uh, as our first trial in Beijing? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why we didn't do any promotion for that space because in day one, that space was full. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we just, uh, d- we did the same thing. We we just output our system in right. there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, it, it seems like a natural extension because Beijing is like the tech and startup sort of center in China. Mm-hmm. Even though I hate to admit that, because in <laughs> Shanghai, I really feel like we've got the the very the, good community. We've yeah. got the community. We got the right uh, material, like the right raw material to make a really good startup community. But still, at this point, like the big players and stuff like that are are in Be- Beijing, the big universities that, yes. that produ- produce these people. So it makes sense for you guys to have have something up there. And I guess there's a lot of interest. And of those, uh, all the people that express interest, is it similar? Seventy percent local, thirty percent uh, foreign, or <laughs> Beijing, well, for us, it's interesting. Beijing is almost purely local. Right. Um, and uh, But when we're doing Beijing, uh, all the all the problems seems gone in Shanghai comes back and just reminds me 
how important <laughs> to having a community right. is important yeah. for us, right? Sure. So people start to ask the same question because our brand was not aware in Beijing, sure. right? And uh, people start to ask, okay, what's what do you mean by co-working space? Mm-hmm. Can we have uh, more privacy? Right. right. All those questions come to, uh, comes back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just uh, makes make us uh, a bit more a believer of okay, we really need to start organizing the community. Uh, so, so is your focus now? You know, you're going to have six locations open by the end of August um, and seemingly well uh, populated. And then you, you mentioned the uh, People Squared services. Yes. Is that, you know, the, which are you focusing on moving forward or is it both just kind of pushing both of them and seeing what sticks? Um, I think for us, what's really important is the quality of the service that we're providing. Mm. We, didn't, we didn't realize that uh, when we were doing the first two spaces, but now since we're, we're in a business, right? Yeah. Uh, and we just realized, okay, we are basically providing a service to the to the teams, right? yeah. um, and it's not only about sharing the the, the rent anymore. Uh, before we had a lot of teams, they come to us, they, they just had one or two folks inside the group. Mm-hmm. Now we had teams who had raised their Serie A, Serie B coming to us and said, okay, we choose your space because we like the environment. We like the community, and uh, even though we are growing, we would like to stay close with the startup teams to get our mind sharp. Right? Yeah. Um, so that that keeps us to putting more focus just on what we should be doing. Right. Uh, that yeah. actually reminds me, um, you know, a book I read and an author mentioned that now there are two types of subtle format. One is creator. The other one is server. So creative is, you know, startup company, uh, companies and, uh, you know, they created things. But you guys are server, you know, as a, you know, part of server. This. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So what we, we always mentioned, doing a startup nowadays in China is becoming more and more popular. Popular and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we had cloud services in China now, right? And we had uh, logistics service. Like um, now, when you're doing a startup, you, you really just need to focus on the the, the core things, which is the product. Right? right. And now we are doing space as a service, and we really want to do that well mm-hmm. and taking that the offline part. Right. Uh, taking those burdens away from the startups. At the end of the day, what you do, I mean, when you began it, you were a startup as well. Yes. I mean, not a tech startup, but in the tech industry, obviously. So basically, main difference there being scalability and the speed with which you can do so. But I'm just wondering, you're surrounded by uh, these other startups, these tech companies on a daily basis. And generally, the consensus or the perception of tech startups is that they're young, they're energetic, they're ambitious, they're hardworking, they're, you know, emotional, up and down, but, you know, they're very, you know, try to stay positive and they're doing everything they can to make their uh, business or their project a success. How much has that mentality, being in that atmosphere, rubbed off on you as an entrepreneur <laughs> and a business owner and, like, maybe inspired you or maybe, you know, kept you going when things were a little bit annoying or tough? Yes. So it's interesting when we started first uh, first uh, space, uh, which was my own. Mm-hmm. We think we were helping the startups, right? 
we think okay we had <laughs> some uh, myself I had some uh, experience uh, on doing startups mm-hmm. some of them are success or some of them are failures and we just share the experience um, and now we're seeing more and more teams actually those teams giving us a lot of insights yeah. um, of what there's there there's thousands of ways, different ways you can be successful, mm-hmm. but there's always that many ways you fail a startup. Yeah, and we just hope from our observation we can just bring those insights to the teams and yeah. make them know. It must be really interesting too, because through your work you get exposure to so many different things, and not in in just the projects that people in your co-working space are working on, but you know these people that are that are entrepreneurs and startup people. They're always interested in somewhat unusual. They're interested in the latest gadgets, latest <laughs> services, all this kind of stuff, and you get kind of exposure to that. I mean, for for me, someone who who's interested in all that, it would be great. You know, I know you you have a lot of work to do as well, and it's and it's not easy. But just being in that environment where every day you go in and be like, oh, I didn't hear about that. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Is that kind of what it's like? It's it's very sometimes very mind blowing. Right. Uh, yeah, we had we had uh, sometimes uh, people from uh, traditional kind of industry, mm-hmm. uh, for example, hotel business. They come to our space. And we show them some of the technologies that teams are doing. For example, a wireless charging. Put your cell phone on the table and right. I can start charging. And those things they were just hearing from like a far, far away yeah. a storybook or something. Right. Yeah, they were just starting to ask the question: Okay, when can we have that? From have have that as a service as as a product to merge to their hotel business. Right. So in that sense. Uh, the, the the teams they they also get uh, uh, their their first batch of customers right. like those are normally the most important things. Is it difficult? And this kind of backtracks a bit to what I asked you earlier about taking equity. But I, I feel like in that in the position you guys are in, and with all that energy and all that ambition and hope in all the teams that you're you're hosting. Is it difficult to stay focused on your core service and what you want to provide and what makes you successful versus saying like, oh, we could do this for the teams or we could do that and we could help promote them and we could help sell their products and we could, you know, is is that balancing act challenging? Always, yeah. yeah. I feel normally, uh, I, I, I guess it's not just for us, but many times for, for teams are in this stage mm-hmm. uh, when you already grow before you were begging for opportunities, mm-hmm. now you are just seeing too many opportunities waving at you, saying hi. Right. And right. Uh, the hardest time to, is to turn turn off for opportunities sure. that you don't know whether it's going to be good or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For us, uh, this comes all the time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we try to uh, listen very closely to the teams um, when we have ideas. We because you. The, your client, which is our teams, right? They're right. always beside you. Sure. So it's a good av- advantage for us. Yeah. Okay. Do you think this is valuable to do? Right? Yeah. yeah. Or for us to do some very small test, we right. just uh, make that very quickly, some quick prototype and, right. and show them the thing. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. You know, you, you have access to this really uh, uh, insightful client base and market 
again, going back to it, it must must be sometimes even though you can bounce stuff off of them, it must be tricky sometimes not to be like, oh, well, why don't we just <laughs> go down that road a bit and see where it leads, yep. rather than you know understanding and focusing and knowing what your main core deliverable is going to be yes. and just providing that at a very high high level. Yes, yeah, I guess it's the same as lean startup right. for for everything, right? Mm. We're also trying to do MVP, pivoting. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, another one of the things that, that just popped into my mind that I'd be interested in hearing about is obviously, I mean, st- the whole startup ecosystem is incredibly uh, interesting to to a lot of people, especially younger generation people that don't want the regular nine to five. People are looking for a little more stimulation intellectually, emotionally, all that kind of stuff, but. In that, and the people that actually take the leap and do it, usually they're fairly unique people. You know, they're willing to throw away the safety net, leave the job, <laughs> leave the family, leave the nest, and just go for a long shot. And yes. we've discussed on the on the show before, and, and we're discussing in depth with Todd. Going down the startup path is a tumultuous and it's wrought with danger because there is a very, very slim chance that it's going to be a quote-unquote success at the end of the tunnel, just Mm -hmm. statistically speaking. Forgetting, of course, that you learn a lot along the way Mm -hmm. and the connections you make and maybe you you try one, two, three, and the fourth time you hit it. Let's forget that for a second. Just the, the personality it takes to be like, fuck it, I'm going for it, and 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 you go and do it. I'm just thinking, when you have... 50 of those people in one room all the time what kind of and you know and all the different personality emotional attributes that comes with that what what, what kind of environment are you working <laughs> in most of the time yeah um it's it's actually very interesting um bec- i guess because we're doing this in china uh that the local chinese and westerners they have a very different cultural background right what we discovered um, from the very beginning is the local teams by natural um, uh, 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 freestyle communication is not their way to do right, things. Right. Right. Um, it not often requires a lot of uh, organize, uh, organizing mm-hmm. uh, involved to put those founders together. And uh, um, otherwise... Like you will see, those people will be just like working in a Starbucks, right. where everybody is just doing their work, right? And uh, right, but not talking to each other, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, so that's why we we kind of invented uh, this thing called Lunch Learn, where we know all the founders are busy, uh, especially for some of the bigger teams, and we just provide this time slot in every Thursday, mm-hmm. which we invite all the people inside. Uh, the space and just bring their lunch uh, and uh, we give uh, like one one person in the team it can be the founder or can be the intern uh, they comes up and uh, introduce a little bit about themselves mm-hmm. uh, so that people know what you are doing what's your personality uh, and uh, also there are sessions for for teams to raise up uh, f- for their concerns the problems that they're facing right yeah so, um, and once once you start to bring the community together, we we just realize like uh, if you don't know the person's name, you don't know what that person is doing. Right. There's never a thing called collaboration. Right. 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 Uh, so uh, once we did that, and it gets much better. Uh, so the teams they know each other, they feels comfortable, mm-hmm. and and they start to talk offline. Yeah. Uh, so so basically. 
you know, it's kind of like using icebreaker sort of stuff to bring yes. down the barriers to communication yeah. Yeah. And, and help them co- communicate and collaborate more. And this is actually something we were discussing with Steve Musharo of China NetCloud mm-hmm. on an earlier podcast. And uh, he, w- he worked as the CTO for Tudo in 2000, from 2005 to 2007. Um, and Tudo was already a massive company and lots of employees and, you know, one of the early successful Chinese startup ventures that was not backed by one of the big companies. It wasn't just one of their properties. Uh, but he was saying, and I'm sure you're aware of this, um, and Tony and I actually discussed this a few weeks ago, the cultural differences – because uh, I asked him, what's this, what, is, what, what was it like being in a startup company in China versus Silicon Valley? And not surprisingly, he said, well – you know, there's innovation and all that kind of stuff. But in Silicon Valley, it was like not so much a top-down approach. It was everyone was kind of thinking, innovating, <laughs> going back and forth. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Whereas in, in his experience in Tudo was there was the Laoban and everybody else. That's right. And yeah. the, the word came from the Laoban. This is what I want you to be thinking about and working on. And everyone else was kind of, you know, not they're certainly talented, but more just head down, do the work that I was told to do. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to knock it. Tudo's done incredibly well. So there's certainly something to that technique uh, and, man- and style of management. But I, I don't think anyone would uh, argue that a more collaborative approach leads to greater complexity and innovation, Definitely. right? Yeah. So it's, it's great that you're helping your, especially your local tenants, break down those sort of cultural conventions and break down those barriers to communication and help with the collaboration, which hopefully will lead to innovation, more success, better understanding between teams. Exactly. I mean, uh, if, you know, nobody, they don't collaborate with each other, what's it good to, you know, come to That's the co-working space? Why don't you just work right. on your, you know, separate place silo? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So we, we have uh, actually specifically made rules uh, when the teams they're doing their lease, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be doing certain things, right? Mm-hmm. If like participating in lunch and learning is actually one of the things we're listed in our mm-hmm. terms. Uh, really? so, yeah, some some team they ask like, what's what the heck is lunch and learn? <laughs> and we have to just explain to them. Right. That's very good. I remember, uh, you know, Tony Shea from Zappos. Uh, I watched this interview. Once he said he. Do everything can to uh, to sort of you know encourage collaboration. One thing they said is very interesting. They said that uh, when employees get of work uh, in their building, there's two exit. Uh, in order for them to create any chance to talk to each other, they close one exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? But that's actually seeing when why we uh, when we were helping uh, other spaces. Uh, there's one very specific stage we call space planning. Um, is we realize to have help have uh, have a good community, the space, the set out of the space actually will help a lot mm. if you do things right. Sure, um, just facilitating communication and interaction. For sure, yeah. For example, in our uh, Yanping attic, uh, we have ordered uh, water stations in just downstairs. Water cooler, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where everybody, if they need to use fridge, they need to come down from the second floor. Mm. Right? Come down and where to use water, to use washroom. And we put all the entertainment, like the, the PlayStation, television, all on the second floor so that people who want to play video games, they need to, go, to go to the up. second floor. Yeah. yeah, I find it really interesting that you, going back again a bit, 
that you incorporate the uh, lunch and learn into the lease agreement <laughs> or the, the, the partnership yes. agreement or whatever, yeah. because it really it, it shows how much you value and, and you recognize the importance of the collaborative uh, and communicative uh, necessity in a co-working space, and you include it in there because it's part of your brand. You know, yes. It's part of your product. That, that the, that, and basically in doing that, you're making sure that your tenants strengthen your product or at least uphold the, you know, the values and fundamentals of your, your product and service rather than diminish it in some way if they don't want to interact with, with other people. For sure, it's, it's, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's, as you mentioned, like for Tudo, they have certain rules that's a top-down approach. Mm. Like every company or have their rules to help the company operate. Yeah, right? yeah. So we find our, we if we make a rule, it's not to having people work more productive or anything. Right? Right. It's helping them to be able to plug into the space and get the benefit of it. Yeah. yeah. And being that you're so you mentioned, I mean, there's under all of your, your different locations, there's lots of different startups lots of different industries and actually maybe we can touch on that in a second but I wanted to a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are potential entrepreneurs or people in the startup community that maybe are thinking about getting involved in the startup you get exposure to so many at various stages in their life cycle Is, do you glean any data from from the startups that you observe and 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 can you see <laughs> like okay so I that's I'm I'm not too surprised they failed because X or I can tell they're going to su- succeed because X is that do you get a sense for those sort of things? <laughs> uh you know it's it's actually uh, it's interesting. We were just talking. You about don't have that. to name names, of no, course. No, but. no, no. But uh, we were actually talking to some of the CEOs of uh, uh, founders inside our space about this idea. Um, because 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 now we have our own hardware mm. uh, for for um, for people to use swap their members card, right? Uh, and uh, we at one point we were we actually we have the ability to track okay the, the number of times the that ta- people are spending <laughs> right. inside a space. Yeah. Right? So I was just joking around with the founders. I said, "Okay, do you want to know your employees or team's status? Right. How many Who puts th- in the most hours?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, they, they were kind of interested. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of interested to know, to know that this could be value added a service. Yeah, but yeah. but imagine, uh, of course, those those were all jokes. But imagine later on. If we could, if an uh, investor come out, come to us and ask of us for to do uh, a DD and uh, and we just provide the investors with those data. Okay, this team they stayed in this office for that much, and uh, and so that we can prove something. Which would especially be valuable after you have a track record. So not only have you collected the data, but you can see the results of some. Be like, well. Uh, actually, as surprising as it is, the people with the lowest attendance actually have the highest correlation with success. <laughs> yeah, so, you never know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, in in terms of non, I mean, non hard data, right. like you're there every day, you're seeing the dynamic between founders and how much people, how emotional people are getting, the ups and downs, in betweens. Can you and, and and having seen over the last couple of years, people fail, people succeed. Can you walk around and be like? Yeah, one's probably going to be all right, or mm. they're you know they might not make. It. Do you get a sense for that, um, or is it too too random? It's eighty percent of the time. Oh, really? You can, you can feel something. Yeah. Um, f- 
founders who will be very likely to be successful are the founders who open their heart, and uh, um, they they um, they know to stay close with their client. They they can with listen the, with the what their client their User customers. Client. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, people who can open to their heart to ideas. Right. Um, people who can feel the trend. This is very rare. Um, a lot of people they just follow the trend, mm-hmm. but some of the founders they can feel the trend. Right. And uh, sometimes we just say think different differently, as as a thing as yeah. we say it. Yeah. Um, but we sometimes really see people. Yeah. Yeah. So you think uh, that uh, you know the founder who sort of like more user oriented, you know, you know, there's more likelihood they can be successful. Is that what you mean, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, when when doing startups, even if this is your second time or third time doing a startup, it can be all different. Um, so every time you you face some different situation, right? And being a, a CEO, you're dealing. Thousands of different information every day. Mm-hmm. Um, product is definitely one of your most Im- important thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not everything. Yeah. A lot of time, it also uh, depends on your skills to approach to the investors because once you have funds, that can brings you advantage to your competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and there's always skills involved. Yeah. It's not just being honest, but it's a skill of pitching. Of telling the best part of telling your vision, so having a vision of how the product will be is also very important. Right. right? Yeah. And I mean, more pr- in terms of practical advice you can give to to people that are maybe thinking about going to a co-working space like yours. I mean, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, you'll walk around and you'd be like, oh well, that founder is dating that founder. That's not going to work because that, that's a recipe for disaster. Or there's there's too many there's too many tech guys in this one. There's no business guys. That's not going to work. Oh, that one has a nice balance of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is there any any ones that you walk by or that you interact with? You're like, this one has X components and they probably got a good shot. This one because it's not your job to go around and say, listen, maybe you no. shouldn't date your founder. No. You know, so you just you they use your space. You try to be supportive. But you don't give them advice. So the times that you walk around and observe that are good and that you, that you think people are on the right track versus people are on the wrong, wrong track, for our listeners, can you give us a couple examples of each? Yeah. Well, I think two most important things. One is knowing yourself. Uh-huh. The second thing is being hungry for resources. Those are the two most important things mm-hmm. if you come to a co-working space. And when you say know yourself, I mean... That's historically uh, been said by wise <laughs> sages throughout the years. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, when you do a startup, or a lot of people come to our space, they just came out from uh, their, their five-year work experience, mm-hmm. uh, or, and uh, they had new ideas, or they see something, right? But often it's 99% of the time when you start doing your startup, you're always short of something. And you have, and also, meanwhile, you have a very strong advantage. Otherwise, why are you, are you doing a startup? Mm-hmm. Right? So, by by saying know yourself, that means you need to know both. Right. So know your motivations. Know what you're capable of. You know, know know yourself in, inside and out because you're probably going to be tested pretty hard throughout the process. Right? Yeah. So yeah. If you don't have a good idea of who you are and and what you're capable of, 
at the beginning, maybe you, you might drop out. That's right. Yeah. So um, I always say 100 teams doing the same product, you will have 100 different products. Right. Uh, they will be never in the same form. Yeah. And uh, um, most of the time, it's because of the founder of DNA, a founder's DNA, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you need to understand what your DNA is. What what product can you make to to make it uh, outstanding from the others, or make it be different? Right. Sometimes you don't have to be outstanding; you just have to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And to catch your niche customer line, and starting from there, um, and uh, and also that that comes to saying why you need to be stay hungry for what what you are short of for resources, right? Yeah. Only when you know what you you need, then you will have the the, the um, motivation, or you will have the direction right. to to see. Okay, this is the things we have, right? So we have ninety teams now inside People Squared. Mm -hmm. um, they all kind of doing different sort of things. Are they actually providing something that you are you need, right? And now uh, we we often before we we had teams who couldn't last and they just uh, kind of they have to diminish at, uh, from the space. Uh -huh. But actually, they never uh, all of their team members they get absorbed to other teams. Right. Uh, sometimes even uh -huh. the founders. Yeah. Right. So whether you are being sensitive, people enough. get recycled, you know, yes. and they, they <laughs> yeah. can build on their experiences yeah. and like, okay, this one dissolved, but this one needs these four need more people, and they just yeah. suck them in. Yeah, it's so it's 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 normally it's that's that's why you need to kind of to know the people uh -huh. inside the space, sure. not only the founders yeah. but also the teams, right? Yeah, is it? I I don't think unless you're like yourself and you have a bird's eye view, or you're someone who's actually doing it. Can you probably appreciate the emotional roller coaster, the angst, the stress of decision making, the timelines in in a, in a startup? Um, first of all, I, I presume there's no thera in-house therapist at People Squared at the moment. But <laughs> what kind of when you when you look around because it, it it sounds easier, you know, people get funding. You hear news about funding rounds and all this kind of stuff. And you, you, people say, well, this was the idea, we made it, and then you know people liked it. But the reality is is because you, you talk about knowing yourself and and having that certainty of yourself is one thing, but maintaining that self certitude is another thing. And especially when on a daily basis you're confronted with, well, should we go that way or should we go that way? Should we zig or should we zag? Because you can't do both. You don't yeah. have the resources. You don't have the time. The implications of a mistake are are fairly large sometimes. So I'm just wondering, like in in your the environment you work in that you've created, what's the emotional dynamic going on there? Uh, you know what? It's it's always a very hard to have a uh, question to uh, to answer. Um, every every founder probably have uh, all different uh, opinion, mm. um, and uh, um, I would say that's probably why a lot of times when an incubator uh, or or a VC firm tried to uh, incubate their their invested teams, they fail. Uh, because they have a very strong opinion. Mm. They think they have oversee on the market, right? And uh, they think this is the trend. This is what my team can right. invest should should do. Yeah. But it's it's normally 
it's what you see is not what the founders are thinking. Yeah. It's not probably not that the founder is being capable or, or maybe at the time is not right. right? It's also, I guess, existing in the atmosphere of you are also at the whim of circumstance and luck, right? Yeah. As, as we were discussing before on the podcast, you know, maybe you're developing a taxi app, but then boom, Didi Dachu gets launched mm-hmm. and you're done. Yeah. You know, so be, knowing that any day your dream could just be ripped out of your chest and, and, and you'll have to start all over again. I mean, I, it's tough. That's, that's why it's the beauty. They are the founders. Right? Yeah, yeah. We can't tell them what to do, but we tell them what we observe and they make the decisions. Yeah. Every founder inside our space, they are the captain. Right. And so... If if we're doing the things for them or we're we're deciding what to do, like what's the fun of doing a startup? Right. Yeah. And what what are some of the biggest challenges that startups that come through your door that work at your space face here? You know, like you know, doesn't matter what it is, but what like you notice and maybe they come to you, maybe they go to China Accelerator for advice. But what what are some of the things that usually stick out? Like most of the people that come through your door are going to have to encounter and that they have a challenge with. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, uh, the the first thing people will ask is, "Okay, I, I need money," uh, <laughs> but but ninety nine percent of the time, they they didn't realize is uh, they need something behind money. Uh, what they need is what money can reach them for. Right. right? Sometimes right. it's not being reached by money. Right. It's it's for example uh, to to get good people. Right, that's mostly uh, it's a frequent asked uh, question. Mm-hmm. Right, but many times it's not about okay how much I can hire because you are you are a startup team. How much how much money you can p- pay when you are competing with Tencent yeah. or, or Alibaba? Right? right, it's your founder's personality. You have to appeal to people on other with other things, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it's your character, right? Yeah whether you can talk people through to get the best people. Some of the best things actually in world they're free or or they 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 are not measured by money or right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something again it comes back to your DNA. Like right. what's your DNA and that attracts what people you will get. Are are there many conflicts or challenges between uh teams within your spaces? Like is that something that you have to deal with regularly or do people are most people on the same page we uh what what we do as one of our uh, team uh, recruiting process is we do an interview with uh, every each team uh so that we know what they do mm-hmm. um, and w- uh when uh, we we uh, we get teams uh, they need to require match two two criteria first founder need to be open uh, openly minded mm-hmm. and the second part is they can't be compete uh, with uh, some uh, within a space. Right. Um, if if oh, they okay. yeah okay. if they do compete, we let them introduce the founders, uh, let them talk to each other, let them know each other, and see if they can join forces or something. There, there we go. Yeah. yeah it, then we put the teams together. Yeah. If if not, now it's better because we have multiple spaces. We just try to avoid that. Right. Oh, yeah. it's okay. So no competition within a physical location. Yes. But I can be at People Squared. And someone could be a hero, and we could both be doing yes. something yeah. similar. Yeah, for example, we have multiple medical-related yeah. startups. Right? Cool. Yeah. And is there any trends you're seeing among all the teams, like hot areas? You mentioned hardware or for hero. I mean, you must have identified that as being a, a hot, you know, something that's going to be increasingly popular. Yeah. Among the existing teams, is there anything else that's sticking out in, in terms of popularity? or? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's interesting in Shanghai. There's there's normally just a couple of industries people want to stick their head in. Uh, one is lifestyle related industry, uh, like yeah. food, sure. uh, restaurant rating, uh, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, and plus, Dianping is in Shanghai, right? Uh, g- gaming is is normally mobile gaming uh, is another industry. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, we 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 find teams in Beijing they're they're opening for more variety of uh, flavors of industries. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and what what about Shanghai do you think is is conducive to the startup scene? Like what what I, we were saying earlier, kind of joking, like uh, you know, hopefully it'll be Shanghai will be the center of tech and startup in China at some point. What 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 attributes of this city do you think make it like a, a fertile place for for potential companies and startups and stuff like that? Yeah, if if anything. Yeah, I, I find uh, the Shanghai community is actually very welcoming. Um, if you um, you are new to the city uh, or you are new to the business, if you find the right community, if you find the right people, uh, they will they will always introduce you around to get you started more quickly or easily. Right. Um, and uh, once you find one node, and it connects you to uh, a lot more. I right? guess I guess the benefit of having a small community still is that the connections are made that much faster, right? Mm-hmm. So if it was a really big community, it would take a little longer to meet all different people. But I mean, here because of its size, you can get started you go to a few drink events with tony you can go to a few <laughs> sure. free events at people squared and bob's your uncle you you know you, you know a lot of the people right so yeah. i guess i guess that's one of the benefits uh, currently going on in the scene have there been any big uh i know this is not necessarily part of your business but just out of curiosity have have there been any big exits or acquisitions or you know any companies that have come through your space that have really you know hit a stride become popular become profitable anything like that yeah we had a couple, um, but normally we don't take the credit for that. No, because, of course, yeah, yeah of course because not. the founders they they work really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, like, could you name any of the companies that for, came through? For sure, yeah. Actually, if, uh, like I mentioned in the in the beginning of the the, the show, uh, Uptake is one of our first uh, team, mm-hmm. and they actually they acquired by Groupon wow. uh, in 2011. For how much? For millions, US. Wow, yeah. great. So they did, did really well. Um, and uh, um, we had Kan Chu Fang, which when the team came to us, they only had uh, two people. Right. Um, and they just uh, raised their second round of funding. Um, which company was that? A, a medical company, Kan oh, okay. Chu Fang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. yeah. And they do medical, mobile medical, yeah. uh, and allow you to upload your prescription. Uh, to your mobile phone and compare the data tells you what treatment you other people are getting. Great, uh, great. Yeah. I mean, it's still given the age of people squared, probably over the next two or three years, you'll probably end up seeing more companies have liquidity events, right? Because general life cycle of a, of a startup from from start to, you know, either being acquired or IPO or something like that's apparently about seven years. So yeah. maybe you'll start seeing that more over the, over the coming years. But it's exciting to note that you know, of course, everybody can't succeed, but companies that are coming through are gaining some traction. Some interesting things are happening. You know, it's it's working basically. For sure. yeah. The model is working. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I want to switch it up a bit. I'm always interested uh, in with the things that different people do to perform better in their lives. 
And I've talked about this a bit with, with Tony in terms of diet and exercise and stuff like that, but there's many different things people can do. Now, you may not be doing anything. You know, I, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs that disregard their body and their performance and their whatever because they have to go hold, you know, all their focus and attentions on what they're doing. But is there any rituals, routines, anything that you do in terms of what you consume intellectually, what you do with your body, whatever it might be, that helps you perform better, keeps you on track, keeps you focused, and keeps you pushing this business that you've started for yourself forward? Yeah. Um, I think as as many of the entrepreneurs or startups, uh, they 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 do similar things. Um, they 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 dream a lot. <laughs> Either it's not dreaming or daydreaming, <laughs> um, and uh, they uh, social. Um, and uh, for me, particularly, uh, um, I, I think a lot when I I, I walk, um, and uh, when I cycle. Uh, um, and uh, as, as some sometimes, you know, when you do startups, you are you're actually being pushed for a lot of things. Right? It's not your own decision. It's just a lot of things are coming. You need to make a quick decision. Just flip on your mind. Um, but from time to time, you need to kind of stop and uh, look back and say, okay, those are the things I have by today, right? And w- then what? What's the next step? And so there's less about routine, more about you know being flexible at you know, on the spot, right? It's yeah. like combat zone. You're always on the combat zone. Yeah. So, well, some in, in a startup life, everything is very dynamic, right? Right. Um, but you need to find the routine out of those dynamic things. Uh, you need to find uh, okay, what's the best way can make those make my model be able to copy. Right, mm-hmm. make my model be able to uh, scale. Scale, and, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, and uh, so and out of those chaoses, if you can find your secret, then you can be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What kind of you know? A lot of people in this industry, uh, a large portion of your time, or at least you have to give some consideration to filling up your head with useful information. You know, you have to read books about legal issues surrounding startups and tech this and you have to follow some some publications and online journals and stuff like that what if any podcast books whatever have you found you know inspirational or informative that you use to you know go about your business yeah i always say like google is my brand (laughs) (laughs) I, i find it's just uh at this stage of the day um like you have to deal with uh like uh uh, 100 times, uh, 100 things a day. Yeah. Uh, normally, like when you get home, you're exhausted. Uh, you try to utilize all your all your pieces, right? Maybe before the days of WeChat, we also have some quiet time right. in, the, in the toilet. Right. But now when you have WeChat, y- your office on, is on your hand. Always yeah. online. Yeah. yeah. So, right, you always c- communicate to your teams, to the people. So that bites ev- every bit of your time. Right. So... Now I find the best way to learn a knowledge is from when you need it and just search right. on wiki, search on Google. Efficient, yeah. yeah. Talk to people, get the exact piece of information you need. Right. Yeah. Just in time strategy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, you know, People Squared has been growing a lot recently. Uh, Shanghai is a, a very busy city, hustle and bustle, never sleep sort of place. <laughs> do you do anything to... It, you know, unplug, recharge the batteries a bit. Do you go anywhere special? Do you 
meditate? Do you do any of that sort of stuff, or do you just grind it out right now? <laughs> yeah, well, if if you uh, add my WeChat, I have a line on there that says, "Work hard, play harder." Uh, <laughs> and I find it's it's extremely true in this city uh, mm-hmm. when uh, when you 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 work really hard to earn what you have, right. and uh, it's you really need to free up your mind. And so, just, what does that what does that mean for you? How do you, <laughs> how do you play harder? Uh, uh, yeah, sometimes it's it's not so exciting, but uh, just gather your friends and sometimes play board game or. Right. Um, but sometimes, well, we we don't do that much these days. But uh, we used to play like even through the whole night, uh, just with cards or, right. or go to karaoke uh, with the teams. Right. Uh, yeah. So get together with friends and not think about all the stuff that's going to come down Monday or. or oh, whatever. for sure. Yeah. yeah. When you are play, you just forget about everything. Yeah. Even when you are playing with investors, you have a thousand things you want need to pitch for them, dump things, those things off. Yeah. 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 So uh, where do you see People Squared in the next, I mean, I want to say five years, but so much has been going on in the last couple of years. What, yeah. what, what position, what's your vision for People Squared over the next five years? Yeah, um, I, it's, it's hard to say because for, for startups, it's, it's really you care more about the next day thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I have to say that, I, I would kind of hope um, when people when they're thinking out of uh, office, having an office space, right now they're thinking of a technical park, maybe rent out from a residential house. Uh-huh. And and those are actually not... They're there. Strength. For, yeah. We, we often had teams coming to us from a residential house, and they said, okay, we have been there for a year, and it's just four of us staring at each other every day. Right. And we had interns, teams, new hiring coming to us, and we are doing great stuff, but they, they didn't realize it because of our settings for right. the space, right? right? So we hope that can be, People Squared can be an answer just for new businesses, new startups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they, they need to find a place, this is the first uh, name or brand they, they can thinking of. Right. Go-to place yes. for startup. Yes, yeah. And where do you see, you know, an, as an extension of that or related, where do you see the Shanghai startup scene in, in five years? You get to see how many people are submitting applications trying to work at your space. What kind of, how, do, how does the scene look for you in five years? It's, it's a bit hard to say just in Shanghai uh-huh. uh, because n- nowadays everything is connected, right? But I would say for China, th- we have seen a great improvement of the start- startup scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing uh, a, a bit of talk in Microsoft uh, two years ago, and we said no acquisition can happen in China. But look back in the two, two years, right? Yeah. Ali, Tencent, Baidu, they're all doing crazy. Things, things just happen so fast. It's almost... It's almost a silly thing to try to predict because it just everything changes so yeah, fast. Yeah, but I would say the ecosystem, the 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 big ecosystem, is getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Now, because of those acquisitions, we see more serial entrepreneurs. They coming out of the old business right. or they become angel investors. Yeah, right? and that will just make the ecosystem a bit better, better every day. And uh, uh, I think what we're experiencing is basically what's happening. Five years ago, or maybe ten years ago, in Silicon Valley, or or in or in Europe, yeah. right? basically the same thing. Um, but uh, the local startups, they will be 
um, they will be maybe focusing a bit more domestically. Sure. Uh, just uh, on that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, playing its own ecosystem. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, now, I want to want to do something, if it's okay with you. Yeah. I want to do a bit of word association, right? <laughs> so I, I'm going to say a word. And I want you to give me like a one or two word answer, all right? Not, oh. not, not too many. Anything, whatever comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? Okay. All right. So Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs. Okay. Jack Ma. Um, Ma Huaten. That's his name, right? No, that's from Tencent. Oh, Oh, that's Shao Ma Ge from Tencent. Okay, okay. Obama. Uh, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> Wealth. Um, healthy. Politics. Um, ruling. Ruling. Yeah. WeChat. Um, all the all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Shanghai. Um, home. People squared. Startups. Future. Uh, Bryant. Nice. I like it. Um, so last question before we close this out. Um, everyone that comes on the show, I ask them to give three pieces of advice to people that might be listening that are anywhere in the world that are thinking that might be in a job or that are looking at getting involved in the startup or tech scene, but particularly planning and thinking about coming here to China or are already here and want to get involved in something. You have so much insight on this. You've seen so many startups come through your doors failures, successes, ups and downs. What are three pieces of advice that you could give to the, the people listening to help them on their way? Okay. Um, I think my, myself, I pretty much experienced the same thing. Uh, having been away for eight years and coming back to Shanghai, it's almost a new city for me. Um, and uh, it's, it's sometimes really important um, to know your advantage. Uh, and before you ever thinking of something to do um, because otherwise you will be just spending a bit more time. Mm. Um, not saying impossible, right? But it will be harder uh, to get yourself started. Mm -hmm. So always start with something um, you're a bit familiar with. Play to your strengths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and always find a good friend or, or, or someone um, who can help you because doing a startup is very lonely. Right. Um, find someone, find a company um, who can uh, go through this with you. Right. Uh, or sometimes you don't even to get get him as your co-founder, right. but just to get him as uh, some uh, piece of advice from. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And third piece? And third piece is always follow your heart. And and uh, you will get a lot of advice uh, right. in the in the in the later on stage. Good but advice, not not too dissimilar from Tony's last piece of advice when he was on the show, and he said, "Be bold," which I thought was great because you know if you don't have that attitude of boldness and, and gusto and can do, then you're not going to shoot for for the stars, and you don't have any chance of reaching them. Uh -huh. right. um, thank you very much for coming on the show Thanks, today, John. Bob yeah. and uh, Tony. Any any other questions for Bob from you or? No, um, I just want to add one thing because, um, you know, recently I heard news from Yahoo. Yeah. They're used to doing Soho, so some employees can choose to work at a home, home office, right? Now they have new sort of, you know, uh, tactics, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, corporation policy. They ask the <laughs> employees to work uh, in the corporation. Yeah. So you can see there's a trend because they realize the value when people uh, work together. There is something, you know, some people call it, you know, adjacent opportunity. So when people work at there, 
they can create more opportunity than when they're separate. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see, you know, uh, with that trend, uh, I can see there's a pricing future for co-working spaces in you know, Shanghai and China and People's Square, of course. And co- so. correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of the, the guiding principle of People's Squared in that two, you know, two people together are greater than the sum of their parts, <laughs> right? It's more yeah. than just one plus one. Yes. It's, the, it's that... It's more like, than it's a square, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that intangible that arises from two things together. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, guys, thank you very much for thank coming you. on the show today. Bob, uh, where can people, if they want to apply for the space, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best place to do it, your website or your email or something like that? Oh, for sure. We have, uh, we have a channel on our uh, website homepage. Uh, so people can apply for spaces and get our helps. And that's peoplesquared.com.cn? Pe- people, uh, people slash squared.com. Peoplesquared.com. Yeah. And Tony, uh, what, what kind of things are you up to and where can people get in touch? Are we doing the next drink about uh, next uh, month? The first, uh, first Thursday of, uh, of Moss, so... First what? First, first, Thursday, first Thursday of every month. Every month and so. where can they learn about it? Website? Uh, you can go to website, uh, Shanghai Startup, uh, drinkentrepreneur.com. Shanghai drinkentrepreneur.com. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And, of course, we are Tech in Shanghai. You can get us up on iTunes, uh, search Tech in Shanghai, on Twitter, at Tech in Shanghai, and techinshanghai.com. The website's live with all the other episodes that we've done. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tech in Shanghai podcast. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Tech in Shanghai for everything tech from Shanghai and China. See you next time.